Hello and welcome back to another episode of Horror Hut, the show about any and everything related to horror. I'm your host, Cordell, and today I've got some more fun facts for you. Let's get started. I know I've already done an episode about Ouija board fun facts, but I honestly wasn't even sure what I was going to do in honor of what's been coined as, quote, spooky season, which is a term I didn't even hear until this year. I shit you not. <laughs> um, but, you know, there are so many podcasts out there that cover horror, and I'm always nervous about repeating information or being accused of stealing another show's ideas. So I figured the best way to go are fun facts, especially ones that I hadn't heard of. So what better way to start this off with a fun fact about jack-o'-lanterns? Um, jack-o'-lantern comes from the Irish legend of Stingy Jack. So legend has it that Stingy Jack invited the devil to drink with him, but Jack didn't want to pay for the drink, so he convinced the devil to turn himself into a coin. Instead of buying the drink, he pocketed the coin and kept it close to a silver cross in his house, preventing the devil from making shape again. And so he promised to let the devil go as long as he would leave him alone for a year. And that if Jack died, the devil wouldn't claim his soul. So after a year, Jack tricked the devil again to leave him alone and not claim his soul. But then when Jack died, God didn't want such a conniving person in heaven, and the devil, true to his word, wouldn't allow him into hell. So Jack was sent off into the night with only a burning coal to light his path, and he placed that coal and a carved out turnip and has been roaming the earth ever since. Now, that's how the story goes. And that's really the only, th that last part is the only part of the story that I knew about the coal inside of the turnip. And I guess since we were kids, it was hella watered down. But I mean, come on, in my elementary school, every Halloween or, you know, every time Halloween was on its way, they had us watching the film strip of Dance Macabre by Camille Saint-Saëns and singing about the ghost of John who's cold because he doesn't have any skin. Creepy shit. <laughs> but anyway, um, the people in Ireland and Scotland began creating their own creations of Jack's lanterns out of turnips, beets, and potatoes. And the tradition traveled to the United States along with them, the, the immigrants who traveled here, and because pumpkins are native to North America, they started replacing the turnips with pumpkins. So there's that. My next fun fact is, um, let's see here. Ah, the most lit jack-o'-lanterns on display is 30,581. So according to Guinness World Records, the highest number of lit jack-o'-lanterns on display is 30,581 by the city of Keene, New Hampshire in 2013. Keene, represented by Let It Shine, has broken the record eight times over since the original attempt. And I think that's pretty neat. I didn't know that. And I hope you don't mind that I'm reading my notes. So what I did to let you know that I'm talking about another fact was I 
put what I'm going to talk about in caps, and then I just skim through my notes as I'm talking. So I know that it annoys some podcasters if it sounds like you're reading, but I'm letting you know that I am skimming through my notes. So I'm, I'm reading, but I'm not. <laughs> All right, so back to it. The next one I, I put um, that Des Moines has a tradition called Beggar's Night. Now, this one I thought was really cute. So the night before Halloween, young children in Des Moines hit the streets for what's called Beggar's Night. And according to an article in the Des Moines Register, um, the event began around 1938 as a way to prevent vandalism and to give younger children a safer way to enjoy Halloween. And Beggar's Night is very similar to regular trick-or-treating, except that kids are required to tell a joke, a poem, or perform like like a trick, like, I don't know, a magic trick or, you know, something something slight for a treat. And the best part is that the jokes are, they're like dad jokes. <laughs> um, I mean, an example that I found in the article that I picked this up from is, if April showers brings May flowers, what do May flowers bring? So that's what I found in the article. But you know those cheesy popsicle stick jokes, like when you're done the popsicle, you got the question on the one side and the answer on the other, and it's just terrible. But it's so bad that it's good. It's, it's, you would tell jokes like those. And I also have a book filled with bad jokes from when I was in like middle school. I had to have been like 11 or 12 when I got this book. I don't remember where. Um, but I, if I lived there and you know, I had kids or I was helping some kids trick or treat. I would definitely have this book in my back pocket. <laughs> I'm telling you, they would have candy until the 4th of July. We, we would kill it. <laughs> and, um, oh, here's another one, which is not a surprise. The White House is haunted. Not surprised at all. Okay, here's another one. There's a $1,000 fine for using silly string in Hollywood on Halloween. So it's apparently been banned since 2004 after thousands of people would buy it from illegal vendors. And I didn't even know you could sell that illegally. That's crazy. But um, they would end up vandalizing the streets and just leaving silly string every damn where. And so the maximum punishment is a $1,000 fine and or six months in jail for, quote, use or possession, sale or distribution of silly string in Hollywood between the hours of and dates of 12.01 a.m. on October 31st to 12 p.m. on November 1st. That, that was an interesting one. I had no idea. I was like, they're really not fucking around. <laughs> they don't like silly string. I guess it's difficult to clean up. I don't know. I've never had to deal with that much of it. But moving on, um, Halloween and the candy industry supposedly influenced daylight savings time. That one I didn't know. And I thought it was really interesting. What I gathered from it was that candy makers supposedly lobbied to extend daylight savings time um, into the beginning of November to get an extra hour of daylight so that children could collect even more candy, thus forcing people to purchase candy uh, to meet the demand of candy. And uh, uh, this is a rumor, but they wanted it so badly that during the 1985 hearings on daylight savings, they put candy pumpkins on the seat of every senator. And this is according to NPR. Um, 
the candy industry disputes this account, according to the New York Times. So that, that those were the couple of notes I got from that. I thought it was hilarious, but it is true that people really, really love money. It will make you do anything and that it makes the world go round for sure. Um, and to go along with that, Halloween is the second commercial American holiday of the year. That's a no brainer. But um, something I didn't know about that was that uh, let me see in my notes here. Oh, that America rakes in an average of $2 billion annually, thanks to Halloween. That's 9 million pounds of chocolate. Now, having worked in a Halloween store from 2012 to 2016, a little bit of this information I already knew, but I didn't realize the magnitude. That's a lot. Um, Americans spend an estimated $6 billion on Halloween annually. Now this I did know, which includes candy, costumes, and decorations, and that's according to history.com. And obviously the most commercial holiday in the US is Christmas. Um, okay, so moving along. You guys remember my episode about phobias called What Are You Afraid Of? All right, I think it's like the third episode on Baker's Banter, but um, Apparently, there's a phobia of Halloween. Now that, you know, of course, I said in that episode that they're constantly updating, I forgot what the book is called, but they're constantly updating it because there are so many different kinds of phobias. You can be afraid of so many different things. And I only covered like 40 <laughs> on that show. But sawanophobia is the medical term for the fear of Halloween. And this goes back to the comment I made about Dance Macabre and the ghost of John. And so let me just, it's a little story time now. So everybody at this point should know Dance Macabre. And I used to hate, I used to hate the film strip because it creeped me out. I didn't like the way Fiddler Death looked. And I didn't like the idea of a whole bunch of skeletons dancing around at midnight. And my childhood home is tucked away in the woods. I mean, it's condemned now, but I live around the corner from it. And, you know, just a few minutes away from where I grew up is where I live now. And um, every now and then when we're passing by, I, I take a peek over there and it's just, I mean, it looks like a legit haunted house, but I thought that property was haunted anyway when I was a kid. I would hear all sorts of things in the middle of the night. And I, you know, I talk about this in an, earlier episode, I believe it's episode zero, where I talk about how my love of horror movies started at a very young age. And so I was living in that house when I was started watching horror movies all the time. And in the middle of the night, I would hear what sounded like someone pacing around my house. And I would be told, oh, no, it's just deer, or you're hearing things, or it's an animal, it's a raccoon, it's, you know, it's some animal or whatever. And I'm like, no, no, animals, you know, they're on all fours. They kind of scurry. Um, you know, the smaller ones kind of scurry. You would know if it's a deer or not. And there really aren't that many leaves out there for me to be able to hear the pacing. It sounded like someone walking slowly around the house, but of course there was no one ever there. And so Don's Macabre would always just pop in my head and I'd be freaking out. And as for the ghost of John, 
there's I didn't realize there was a couple different versions of it until I was talking to one of my closest friends about it on social media recently. But the lyrics go, and in my elementary school, it was, have you seen the ghost of John? Long white bones with the skin all gone. Ooh, you know, a couple of oohs. Wouldn't it be chilly with no skin on? I didn't like that. <laughs> I didn't like that at all. I didn't think it was right. Um, so, you know, while I'm basically on the verge of a panic attack around Halloween every year, I got sent to the office. I had to go and sit in the office and wait until they were done watching that film strip or done singing about the ghost of John because they would sing it twice. And, you know, during all of this, before I would have my nervous breakdowns and just kind of suffer through it, there was that big ass creepy portrait of Beethoven on the wall. And, you know, when they did those portraits, it looks like they're looking at you. And it, for, for some reason, for him, whenever I looked at it, I felt like he was looking into my soul and I didn't like it. I, I just didn't like it. So, you know, if I had known anything, you know, anything about sauronophobia when I was a teenager or anything like that, it would have made perfect sense that I had it. I mean, full blown. Now, as a musician, I've come to love Beethoven and his work. I don't really mind the portrait too much anymore. Camille Saint-Saëns, I will blast. Dance Macabre, I, you know, hearing his name doesn't put fear in me like it used to back in the day. But that was that was really rough. That that was just rough. And also, also, legend has it that if you see a spider on Halloween night, it means a loved one is watching over you. Again, back to what I said about phobias. <clears throat> Excuse me, I am severely arachnophobic, so I'm just going to put this as nicely as possible and be done with it. To my loved ones who have passed, I love y'all, I miss y'all, but if you want to come and see me, please make some noise, manifest yourself, let, you know, let me see your shadow or something, anything but a spider. I don't think I spoke about this, <laughs> um, at, you know, on the air at all. But a few months ago, when it was still warm out, I, I again, I live in a very rural area. I'm just surrounded by woods. I can't see the road during the spring and summer from where I'm at. But I do have a neighbor and they're, you know, slash landlord, which is cool. You know, they're like family anyway. But still, so it's a lot of land. And critters like to make their way into my house, especially spiders when it rains. So I, I get it. You know, that what the, the itsy bitsy spider, I get it. They don't like water. They don't, they don't bang with water. I get it. Most insects and small things like that don't, but let me get to the point. I came into my room and my, the, the walls and my house are brown. So I come into my room after talking to my mom across the house. So I have to like pass all through the house to get to my room. And I didn't notice it because it too was brown, but it was freaking huge. And I, I, I don't know how, how to describe it. Cause you know, you can't see it. Um, think of, okay. So if this spider were on a DVD case, like sitting on a DVD case, it would take up the whole thing. Or if it, if it was just sitting on a DVD or a CD, it would take up the whole thing. And it was just chilling on my wall and I didn't see it. And I, 
I almost had a panic attack. I mean, I, I just started hyperventilating. I broke out into a sweat a little bit. Fortunately, my brother was home and I had to get him to kill it. And we both were panicking and he had a story of his own, a very similar size. And I guess type of spider was in one of his shoes. So you, for real, you damn sure, you damn right. I'm going to shake out my shoes before I put them on if I haven't worn them in a while. I have 24 pairs of shoes, so I'm I'm checking them bitches before I put them on, for sure. But anyway, thanks again for tuning into this episode of Horror Hut. I'm sorry that the episodes are kind of few and far in between. I'm doing my best to not repeat any information or accidentally steal anyone's ideas. Like I said earlier in the show, I don't, I, I know that this is covered on a lot of shows. So I'm doing my best to keep you entertained and keep putting out good content for you. But I really hope that you enjoyed this episode and it's a little bit more insight about me as a person and what freaks me out. And hey, that could be another episode. You never know. But if you keep listening, you might find out one of these days soon. Until next time.